giving the bad guys a taste of their own medicine through reflective social engineering and expanding the use of blockchain beyond cryptocurrencies. These stories are more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We start off today's security report with a look at reflective social engineering and how it could be used against cyber criminals who themselves use social engineering to fool users into divulging personal information that often leads to crimes against them. To discuss reflective social engineering, I'm joined by Bank Info Security Executive Editor Tracy Kitten. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Eric. First off, what is reflective social engineering? Social engineering, of course, as you mentioned, is the use of online deception to manipulate individuals into revealing confidential information or personal information that could be used for fraudulent purposes. Reflective social engineering employs the same techniques, but instead of the criminals waging it, it's the good guys, and they're using these techniques to help catch the criminals. A good explanation of reflective social engineering comes from cybersecurity researcher Joe Stewart, who works for information security services provider Dell SecureWorks. Reflective social engineering is when you have someone approach you trying to social engineer you and then you turn that attack back on them and you social engineer them better and you find out more information about them than they thought that they would ever disclose. Who's the prime target of reverse social engineering? Well, Eric, it seems these techniques are being used to foil business email compromise and business email spoofing campaigns that are currently being waged by Nigerian hackers. In an example of reflective engineering described by Dell SecureWorks, Joe Stewart notes that an individual received a spoofed email from a scammer pretending to be from her company's CEO. And in this email, she was asked to schedule an urgent wire transfer. So she handed over this email to SecureWorks, and the researchers there tried to engage the fraudster by stringing him along and, and getting him to provide additional information, such as the bank account where the fraudster wanted the funds to be transferred to. SecureWorks then went back and told the bank about the account that was being used for the scam. The bank took steps to prevent the transfer of the funds to the fraudster. And then Joe Stewart says that it also helps if you actually get the individuals to have more interaction. So playing dumb as the victim can actually lead the criminal to divulge more information about other bank accounts that they could be using for a scam. It just really takes the idea of social engineering and phishing somebody to the next level. It's designed to basically chain a series of responses together so that the target is always one step away from getting the information they need. They just have to enter one more piece of identifying information about themselves. And that's what makes it great is because, you know, these uh, fraudsters are so desperate to get that payment slip because there's potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line that they divulge a lot of information that we can tie back to them because it's linked to social media accounts and and other services. Are companies like SecureWorks working with law enforcement authorities? They're trying to. Joe Stewart from Dell SecureWorks says that there is interest among law enforcement agencies throughout the world to catch these these fraudsters, but it just takes time. And as you know, when you're dealing with organized crime in different nations, it's it's hard for law enforcement to collaborate. We want to get law enforcement to go after these guys, and by having this, you know, the attribution of these attacks, uh, you know, on hand, we're hoping that by putting them together with the victims and our information, you've got what you need to to make a case for prosecution. I know that U.S. law enforcement is very interested in this type of cybercrime. Nigerian law enforcement, the same. Perhaps they don't have as many resources as they need to tackle it because it's a huge problem over there. But yeah, this is something that. We want to work with them. We want to work with the, uh, the banks to shut down the fraud and protect all these companies. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report, 
on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. U.S. federal regulators are mulling the role that blockchain technology could play in advancing the secure exchange of healthcare information. Blockchain is an open source distributed ledger technology that keeps track of the transactions of cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. And blockchain has potential to be applied to other uses beyond cryptocurrency. Its diversity in terms of how it could be implemented is one of the attractive features. It's not just a one-trick pony, for lack of a better word. That's Steve Posnack. He's director of the Office of Standards and Technology at the Department of Human Services, Office of National Coordinator for Health IT. Posnack spoke with Healthcare Info Security Editor Marianne Kolbasak-McGee at the recently concluded HIMSS Healthcare IT Conference in Orlando, Florida. And Marianne joins me. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, Eric. Why does Posnack think blockchain could help secure healthcare IT? Posnick sees the non-repudiation aspect of blockchain as being important. Also, as a distributed ledger, he says organizations wouldn't need centralized management over data, and that's a potential benefit for adopting blockchain. In addition, Posnack says that he's encouraged by blockchain's ability to automate and make more efficient human processes, as well as adjudicate certain relationships among different people and organizations. So is ONC sold on blockchain? Not necessarily. Posnick says other distributed ledgers are also worthy of review. It's not that blockchain is a clear winner. It's certainly an industry favorite at this point. But there are a number of different techniques and trade-offs that are involved in how blockchain is approached. I think we need to better understand from a healthcare industry perspective. Is ONC getting help in evaluating blockchain? ONC has been soliciting ideas for how blockchain can help healthcare organizations and received a number of white papers on how it could be used in the secure exchange of medical information or in payment processes. Posnick says some of the experts point out that distributed ledgers would work best with other technologies. A lot of the submissions that I was able to read included a number of different components that needed to converge together as a full blockchain solution. So not only the blockchain technology, but also other components of cryptography and identity management, etc., that uh, are involved in creating a full solution. In the payment context, it was around smart contracts and the use of blockchain there. In the information exchange context, you look at a way to create a longitudinal record. So lots of really creative thinking involved in some of the submissions. A lot of them require an investment and an approach to pilot out some of the prototyping and and proving that the theory behind the the writing could be turned into practice. Posnack says blockchain, besides securing data, might also be employed in more security-minded techniques, such as audits, where you need provenance and non-repudiation. I asked Posnack whether blockchain could potentially be a security feature that the federal government would consider in certifying health IT products. That's a good question and one that I can't speculate on, you know, at the moment in terms of its its future regulatory prospects. But I think right now we're in the convening, the watching, learning about what's going on and how we can help industry sharpen its thinking around where the best implementations of blockchain would be in the relative near term. So the kind of two to three year period. ONC isn't done exploring the potential benefits in blockchain to help IT security. In March, ONC is co-sponsoring a Bitcoin Codathon. More importantly, Eric, Posnack sees ONC as an unofficial coordinator and convener of sessions so stakeholders can share information about the best way to use blockchain in healthcare IT. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks, Eric. Finally, a lack of data could be stymieing growth in cyber insurance sales. A new report from Deloitte contends too little information is known about security incidents. 
The report's authors say historical hard data are in short supply because insurers have not been selling cyber insurance long enough or on big enough scale to generate the massive amount of data to price policies. Deloitte experts say a dearth of data undermines insurer confidence in underwriting and pricing. That prompts carriers to play it safe by offering relatively modest limits and tightly restrict coverage. And that can lead buyers to question the value of the coverage being offered for the premiums being charged, which may inhibit sales and undermine market penetration. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.